On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, who is the best pitching prospect in Seattle's farm system, and who are some sleepers, and who are some overrated Mariners prospects? All that and more coming up. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patnev for the Locked On Mariners podcast. And thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. We're going to be re-ranking the Mariners farm system here in a few weeks. So we wanted to begin prep for that by making today's show all about process. Here's how we're going to do that. First, we're going to talk about who the best pitching prospect in the Mariners farm system is. Is it Emerson Hancock? Is it Bryce Miller? We'll be talking about that. Then we'll discuss where uh, Felton Celestine could rank for us when he officially enters the organization in about a little under a couple weeks now. We're getting pretty close to him officially signing. And finally, I'm going to give Colby a few prospects, and he's going to tell us whether they're overrated, underrated, or properly rated. But let's talk about the best pitching prospect in the Mariners farm system right now, because there's a bit of a bit of a debate going on about that. And uh, there's people in the national side of media that believe Emerson Hancock is the best pitching prospect in the Mariners farm system. But those that are more involved with the Mariners directly believe it's Bryce Miller. So where do you stand Colby? Uh, It's Bryce Miller and it's not particularly close. Um, Miller's stuff is just better. His control and command is surprisingly better. Um, he's closer to the big leagues, which, again, surprising. Um, and he's more likely, I would say, to be an impact starter uh, than Emerson Hancock. Uh, and he also carries a higher floor because the floor of Hancock is probably mid-reliever. Um, it's really hard to imagine that Bryce Miller isn't a high-leverage reliever for at least a couple of years. Um, you know, if he ultimately can't start. So yeah, for me, it's Miller. He's just better at everything. Um, you know, Hancock is, is still a pretty good prospect. Uh, you know, I know I've been hard on, on Emerson Hancock's prospect status, but he's still overall a very solid pitching prospect. Um, he's not, you know, he, he's not bad by any stretch, but Miller's just significantly better at just about everything. But the real big difference is, is the fastball value. Uh, Miller, has a fastball that gets swings and misses in the zone, which is something that Hancock's fastball just really doesn't at this point. Um, it's not a huge velocity gap between the two either. It's not like Hancock's, you know, 89, 90 and, and Miller's 98. Uh, you know, both are, you know, in the 95, 96 range. Uh, Miller has a little more gas, but not much more. Um, but the fastball just plays up, whether it's the shape or, or the attack angle or the movement or the rot or the run. Like we don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't have the pitch data in front of me, but Miller's fastball is significantly better than Emerson Hancock's. And, and that's the big difference right now. Yeah. I think, um, you know, Hancock has the deeper repertoire, but right now it's not all coming together. And of course he's dealt with some injuries and he's had just a weird start to his professional career in general, being drafted, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of the pandemic and all that. Um, or really right at the height of the pandemic. Uh, and so, uh, and, and Miller's just had a, uh, just an overall better start to his professional career. And also I think that there's a better chance of him being a quality major leaguer than Hancock at this point, uh, because Miller, even if it doesn't work for uh, work out for him in the rotation, 
there's a high leverage reliever in there. Like a, yeah. a legitimate, like potential elite reliever, like how we viewed Matt Brash, right? So uh, at the very least, you're getting that out of Miller. I think that's a pretty safe bet at this point, just seeing the way that he's developed over the last year and a half. Uh, Hancock, meanwhile, there's questions. There's questions about his durability. There's questions about his fastball. Uh, and there's, you know, uh, there's just questions about how he's going to get into this rotation in general because there are right. quite a few guys ahead of him right now. And honestly, I would even say at this point, I'm not saying that he's a worse prospect than Taylor Dollard, but I'm, I think there's a non-zero chance that the Mariners view Taylor Dollard ahead of Hancock in terms of just major league viability at this point right now. So, right. yeah, there, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of questions with, with, with mm-hmm. Emerson Hancock that, that should give, anyone pause when looking at his profile i'm still a believer though because there are mm-hmm. four legitimate pitches he just needs to get more value out of his fastball because everything begins and ends with that right his best pitch is a changeup, which has really developed nicely over the last few years coming out of college it was actually the slider but that's almost regressed a little bit the changeup being your best pitch is, is fine i mean you, you can make it work it was Pedro Martinez's best pitch. It was Felix Hernandez's best pitch. Like the changeup can be your out pitch. It's fine, but you have to get value out of the fastball um, to set up the changeup. It's not a pitch that is good enough that you can dominate. And he doesn't have the breaking stuff to kind of, you know, mix the fastball. He has to, he has to, uh, you know, get value out of the fastball. And if he can't find a way to get more swings and misses with it, he has to be more pinpoint uh, with his command of it. And so, um, you know, it's it's entirely possible that, that he's figured something out or he's figuring something out right now. And, and, you know, in a couple months, you know, you have these two young guys who are both mid-rotation starters, um, and it's a great problem to have, but we just haven't seen it yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, assuming that it's going to happen because of essentially draft stock where these guys were selected, that's that's a fool's errand because Miller has surpassed uh, Emerson Hancock. And, and I don't know that it's... I don't know that's all that close. I don't think there's a real debate to be had here. It's just Miller's better right now than mm-hmm. Emerson Hancock. And, and you know, like you said, you're not giving up on Hancock. You're not throwing him away in a trade for, you know, just anything you can get. Uh, because I, I still do think that there's a good starting pitcher in there. But you got to find it. You got to find something with the fastball. He's he's already tried, you know, sinkers. He's, he's done two seamers. Uh, he's worked with the four seamer. He's got to get better shape on it. He's got to get more extension on the pitch. He's got to get some movement. He, there's something that has to change with the fastball um, because if it doesn't, then the changeup, while still good, lacks a lot of the, you know, it loses some of the teeth of the pitch mm-hmm. if you can't counter with a good fastball too. Yeah, if you can't miss bats with a fastball, it's going to impact the rest of your uh, repertoire, like Colby is saying. So that has to be his primary goal heading into this year. Now, I alluded to... You know, some folks on the national side of things viewing Hancock as a legitimate top prospect. Uh, Jim Bowden uh, recently in an article wrote about the Brian Reynolds situation and uh, Hancock being potentially uh, valuable for the uh, or attractive as an asset for the Pirates, uh, particularly as a headliner. That That's the verbiage that uh, Bowden used with Hancock is a headliner in a Brian Reynolds package. So should teams value him like that? Should the Pirates value Emerson Hancock like that? Or do you think that Bowden is overblowing this? What, what do you think is going on here? I I don't know how the team, how other teams should value Emerson Hancock because 
uh, in particular with the Pirates. The Pirates are a team that uh, traditionally, this might have changed over the last few years, but traditionally they've placed heavy emphasis on fastballs. They throw a lot of them. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen guys leave uh, Pittsburgh and, and, you know, start to use their breaking balls more like Joe Musgrove and, and Garrett Cole. And it turns their career around. Uh, so typically Pittsburgh's been very fastball heavy. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know if that trend's continued. But if you're a fastball organization, right, and the guy that you're look, looking at doesn't have a good fastball, I mean, it would lead me to believe that you probably shouldn't value that guy that highly. But apparently Pittsburgh, at least based on what we've heard, does like Emerson Hancock enough that it's keeping the Mariners in this trade in this in these trade talks. So um, I'm not really sure. Maybe they think they can make the fastball better. I, I don't know how Pittsburgh's going to handle that. And honestly, if you're Pittsburgh, it might not even matter because you probably want both. You probably want Miller and Hancock mm-hmm. um, in this type of deal. So, yeah, it's always tough to know how other teams are going to value uh, you know, your prospects, but typically speaking, just based on history, Hancock feels like a weird fit for Pittsburgh, just typically on what the pirates look for in their starting pitchers. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's a matter of the organization feeling that he's a lot closer than maybe the Mariners do, or feeling that they know something that the Mariners don't and can help, you know, Hancock work on that. Um, we'll see. You know, again, the thing that we all have to keep in mind here is that every team views prospects differently than others, right? Um, And no one, you know, no team goes off of the pipeline rankings, the Baseball America rankings, none of that. They all have their in-house, not necessarily rankings, but, you know, feelings on certain Mm -hmm. guys and certain prospects. So everyone's differently valued by you know, each team. So just something to keep in mind there as uh, this, you know, Brian Reynolds saga and any other trade, you know, uh, trade rumors continue to uh, to go around here. All right. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about Felton Celestine, who's uh, going to be one of the top international uh, signings uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, prospect signings a little bit on the older side, uh, but there's a lot of a lot of excitement around him. He's going to be entering the Mariners organization. But where could he place in our rankings? We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season and basketball, we've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen so felnin celestine again a little bit on the older side but he's officially going to be joining the mariners organization on january 15th a lot of excitement around him there's been crazy player comps thrown around on him like Francisco Lindor there was a time where a lot of folks in the Mariners community were saying whenever he signs he's going to be number one in this farm system but that's died down a little bit here as of late and ultimately even though that he's on the older side for the international signing period he's still 17 years old so that's a wild card that's a shot in the dark we you know there's no way to really project a 17 year old so colby but you know knowing that knowing what the talent is there because there's a lot of it there there's a lot of raw talent that felon and celestine possesses 
a lot of excitement. Where do you foresee him fitting in your personal Mariners prospect ranks once he officially uh, joins the organization? I would say he's probably going to be three or four. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that, uh, Feldman Celestine's been on our radar forever uh, since, you know, about, about two years now um, yeah. with the understanding that he was going to sign. So uh, when you have that kind of, you know, attention for so long, you kind of start to nitpick and, and find, you know, things that maybe aren't perfect. Uh, it's it's called prospect fatigue. Uh, scouts get it a lot in, during draft time. Uh, when they have a, a like a high schooler who's been on the the draft radar for four or five years, everything gets nitpicked and overanalyzed. Um, so maybe that's what's helping happening with Feldman. I don't know. Um, I think the big part for me is that he's 17 years old. He hasn't played a lick of professional baseball. We have no idea how he's going to react to this. Um, and so I, I think it's just kind of a, a hedge. But uh, upside ceiling wise, he's definitely up there with with Harry Ford. Um, if both guys reach their ceiling, you know, it's it's a toss up um, because both guys at their ceiling stay up the middle and, and are incredible athletes uh, up the middle and, and hit you know, again, playing up the middle, which is a huge thing um, when you're, when you're talking about prospects. So uh, for me, he's probably going to be number three, uh, maybe number four. I just have a hard time imagining that I, I would feel comfortable putting him ahead of uh, Bryce Miller or uh, Harry Ford uh, without ever seeing him play. I've never seen him play. So it, it's a little tough. I'm going yeah. off of other people's opinions and I don't have stats and, and, so I, I, the other people whose opinion I trust, they, they think very highly of him. But I, I, again, until I see it, until I see have numbers in front of me, uh, he's probably not going to be number one. And, and it's going to take a while because he's going to start the year. He's going to start, you know, in the DSL and, and until he gets stateside and we start seeing what he does against older competition, it's kind of tough to judge these guys. You never really know which way they're going to go. Yeah, it's a it's a legitimate toss up here. Like I said, it's a shot in the dark because he's just so young. You don't know how he's going to develop. You don't know how his body is going to develop. And that's really the most important part because that can change his profile immensely. Um, and ultimately, you know, the, the thing that we're going to have to say when we do our prospect ranks is that, you know, we haven't seen this guy. Right. You and I haven't gotten eyes on him. We're not down there. We're not watching him. You know, we're going off of, you know, words from a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy right that that's really right. what we're going off of and we're going off of a few videos and just kind of making our conclusions from that uh, and that's just all we have to to really work with here but just you know kind of just going off of what we know um i think he's probably going to end up in that you know he's definitely going to be top five for sure i don't think that i'm going to put him ahead of the likes of harry ford and bryce miller and maybe even someone like cole young for now uh, but I could, you know, I could see Celestine quickly rise. I, I might be a little more conservative on where I place him uh, just because I just don't know a lot about him. You know, uh, I, I know there's a lot of upside. I just but I haven't seen that for myself. I can't confirm that myself. Um, so he might end up just being five in my prospect ranks. And that's really not anything against him. It's just personally, I don't feel comfortable putting them any higher or making any sort of large proclamation like that uh without you know again confirming it myself um all right so let's uh let's switch gears here let's uh let's play a little fun game uh colby i'm gonna give you some prospects in the mariners farm system right now and it's gonna be a wide variety it's gonna be some top guys it's gonna be some middling prospects it's gonna be guys that might even be outside of most people's top 30s but I want to ask you if they are properly rated, overrated, 
or underrated relative to where you see them ranked by other prospect outlets and how you see fans value them, whether it be through our Fan Fiction Friday episodes where they're included in trade packages or, or what have you. So, sound good to you? Not really, but I assume we're going to do it anyway. So. We're going to do it anyway. I'm going okay, to force well, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah, force you. So it's more of a formality type of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I was just, you know, trying to extend the olive branch here. Uh, yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's begin uh, with Cade Marlowe. A lot of people love Cade Marlowe. He's won awards down in the minor leagues. He's older, of course, but he has hit at every level of the minor leagues thus far. And he's likely going to be quite involved in uh, in a competition to make the 26-man roster this spring after being added to the 40-man. So how do you feel about Cade Marlowe? Overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Um, Marlowe's interesting. I think he's won the CTZ award back-to-back years. Um the minor league award they gave, maybe the, the Edgar Martinez award. I can't remember. He's won an award back-to-back years, the same award. Uh, it's basically like best hitter in the organization. Um, he's overrated. Uh, and I think a big part of the reason he's overrated is that he's got some skills, don't get me wrong, and, and certainly the power surge that we saw last year is really nice, and, and it certainly helps his corner outfield profile. Um, you can you can fake it in center field. He's not great out there, but you know you can get away with it. He's got good speed. He always has you know a lot of contact skills, but he has struck out a lot last year, um, which is especially concerning considering he's old for the level uh, in Double A AA and Triple A. He's an older prospect, um, so the the fact that you know he's I think he struck out like forty percent of the time in a small sample in Triple A, but. It was still, you know, 28, 29% of the time in double A uh, around that. So it was not like he was, you know, just, oh, well, triple A was just a little hard for him and then he figured it out. Strikeouts are a big concern. If you can't hit minor league pitching with regularity, it doesn't leave me to believe that you're going to have much luck against major league pitching because the gap is so huge. So I think he's overrated. I I don't, you know, now again, if if the consensus comes out and he's like 22, like, okay, yeah, that's that's fine. Mm. Um. At, but he is not like I, I think I saw one person say he's a top 10 prospect in the organization. No, no, he's not. Uh, you can't strike out 35 percent of the time in the minors and being in, in, in the top 10 of anybody's organization. Sorry. Next one, Lazaro Montes, who recently entered the uh, Mariners organization. The reason why I'm asking you this and I and I'm think I know where you're going with this, especially after you know what I'm about to say. I see a lot of folks saying he's the next Jordan Alvarez. So properly rated, overrated, underrated. Uh the Jordan comp is ridiculous. I, I get why it's made. They're both similar size. They're both, you know, kind of future DH only types. Um and, and there's a lot of bat speed and power in, in Montez's game. So I, I get it from that perspective, but come on, you are not Alvarez is like the top three or four hitters in all of baseball. Um, no, that, so that part's ridiculous, but based on what I've seen people's ranks, they have them in the five to eight, nine range somewhere in there. I think that's about right in the Mariner system. Uh, obviously this, there's a lot of things, uh, Felon and Celestine that we just said about Celestine that apply to, uh, Montes as well. Although Montes does have some pro ball experience at this point now. Um, but no, I think that's right where about where he belongs. The upside on the bat is significant. It's not one eight one seventy WRC plus significant, but it's pretty mm. significant. So yeah. uh, it kind of depends on how he develops in the outfield. Uh, I ultimately think he's first base DH only, which does hurt his profile. 
um, a little, but I mean, stop with the Jordan stuff. That's, that's nonsense. Like that. Yeah. That's like comparing any prospect in the Mariners system to Julio Rodriguez. Like just stop. Yeah. Those guys don't grow on trees. Just stop. Yeah. He's tall. He's lanky. He's left-handed. athletic. He's left. He's left-handed. He there's a lot of explosiveness in that bat, mm-hmm. and he's really energetic. I don't know if you've seen some of the and videos of him hitting home runs and celebrating afterwards. He's a fun guy. He's going to be a really fun mm-hmm. player if it all works out for him. Uh, but yeah, I think he's a little slightly overrated. But uh, I'll say he's for the most part, properly rated. He's a long ways away too uh, yeah. from the big leagues. So yeah. Putting the people that say, you know, the Jordan Alvarez stuff aside, I think he's properly rated. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next up, Taylor Dollard, right-handed pitcher. We talked about him a little bit earlier on in the show. What do you think about Dollard? Properly rated, overrated, underrated? Based on the number of people who think that he can be traded for Brian Reynolds in our Fan Fiction Fridays, I would say he's overrated um, by a lot of Mariner fans. Um He's, he's a number five. You know, that, that's what he is. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of upside for number four. Honestly, to me, he reminds me, not stylistically, but, you know, he reminds me a lot of Chris Flexen. Like, what you've gotten from Chris Flexen is probably roughly what you're going to get from Taylor Dollard. And we know that Chris Flexen is a valuable player. He's a valuable piece to have on your major league roster. We also know that you can go get another one. You know, so I, I think Dollard's a major league quality starter. Uh, I, it's definitely back end for me. Um, he's going to get starts for the Mariners this year at some point, uh, assuming he's not traded. Uh, he's an interesting guy. I mean, he's definitely not a terrible pitcher, um, and he's not a bad prospect at all. It's just I I see people like, oh well, you know him and him and Bryce Miller are pretty interchangeable, right? Like, no, <laughs> not at all. So yeah, I, I think to Mariner fans, he's overrated. I I would guess uh, just as a whole, again without seeing all the major outlets, you know, prospect ranks. I don't even think most outlets have those up yet. Um, my assumption is, is that he's probably going to be in the seven to 10 range. And I feel like that's about right. I think I'll probably have him nine or 10. So I think industry wise, he's probably properly rated Mariner fan wise. I mean, he's not carrying the water in any trade guys. You gotta, you gotta chill on Taylor Dollar. <laughs> Yeah, I think the thing with Dollar is there. There's some level of certainty there that he's going yep. to be a you know a low end number four, number five at the very least, mm-hmm. um, and so that right. does give him some value. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I he, mean that that only gets so much value, <laughs> right? And he certainly had a very good year in in Double A. I mean, that's great, but he wasn't good in 2021 at all. So like, what which what are you going to believe? And by the way, he's going to be 24, uh, you know, in mm. in a month. Uh, so it's not like he's, you know, 21 and he's, he's working through some stuff. He's 24. He's, he should be about ready to go. Uh, and you know, I, I think he was drafted in the fifth round of the, the short 2020 draft. Uh, and so, yeah, he was one, he was their last pick of that draft. So if you get him to the majors and he's the number five starter, that that's, that's a heck of a draft pick. So, uh, but dollar to me, a little bit overrated by fans. He's just, he's just number five. I totally forgot that they only had five rounds in the 2020 draft. They still made six picks. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That was a fun draft. Can you can you name all five all six players that got drafted? Ooh, all right. So Hancock. Yep. Um, Dollard, obviously. Levi Stout. Um, God, who was their second round pick? Was Stout in that one? Yeah, Stout was in that one. Was he the third? I think he was the third round pick. Yeah. 
Okay. Who was the second rounder? Well, they had a comp round pick and a second rounder. Wait, was that Williamson? Was Williamson on that draft or was that the year before? Mm, year before. Yeah. This is a uh, guy we always make fun of, MLB Pipeline for having Oh, Ray, Zach Deloach. Zach Deloach. Yeah, yeah Zach Deloach. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. And then their yes. comp pick was... Traded last winter. Oh, Connor Phillips. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And then the fourth rounder was your boy. Caden? <laughs> yep. There you go. Was it actually Caden? Was Caden the fourth yeah. round pick? Wow. Yeah. Damn. Pretty sure. Yeah, that's crazy. I'll double All check, right. but I think we nailed it. Brian Wu. <laughs> he's a lot of fun, man. He's a lot of fun. But but how do you feel he's being rated right now? Is he he's underrated? underrated. Yes. Yeah. He absolutely is. Um Brian Wu has a good chance to be in my top five. Mm. Um Yes, and I understand the the hesitancy on that because, you know, it was only 16 starts, and you look at the overall numbers, they're not great. Um, but you know what is great? 84 strikeouts and 57 innings, 98, 99-mile-an-hour fastball, wipeout slider. Um, there's a high-leverage reliever in Brian Wu, and there's a non-zero chance he can start because that changeup really showed some things uh, out of the rotation. I think he's going to start the year in double-A. I think he's going to have a shot to to – pitching the big leagues out of the bullpen this year. You know, this is a guy, by the way, first full year off of uh, off of some major injuries too. So um, he's still kind of building his way back. Uh, Brian Wu has exceptional stuff, and he's exactly the type of guy that the Mariners turn into something pretty valuable. So I, I think a lot of people probably have him, you know, 13, 14, somewhere in that range. I mm-hmm. think he's going to be inside the top 10 pretty easily for me and, and maybe even the top five. Brian Wu is a really interesting arm. Love that call. Big, uh, big Brian Wu guy as well. Uh, he's going to be pretty high in my personal ranks as well. Uh, Prelander Baroa, overrated, underrated, par- properly rated. How do you feel? Overrated. Um, he's a reliever to me. Um, he's one of those guys that just he has really good stuff, just can't find the strike zone. Right. You know, and, he, those guys are a diamond dozen. <laughs> Right, and obviously, you know, there's. It's not like he's an imposing size or anything. Like, there's nothing more for him to grow into. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty much tapped out physically at this stage, and unless the control and command improve significantly, he's a reliever and, and probably a pretty decent one. The fastball and slider combo is is wicked. Um, he he'll make big league hitters look foolish on those pitches. To me, there's just so much Diego Castillo in there, and we know you know how good Diego can be when he's good. When he struggles. Oh boy, <laughs> like turn the TV off. It's going to get ugly. So, um, and I just feel like that's who, who Perlander Barroa is. And I think he's probably going to be in the top, you know, eight or nine for a lot of people mm. to me because he's a reliever. Like, I think it's, I, I think Prospects Live had him ahead of Emerson Hancock. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. He's nowhere near, he's not even in the same level. Um, and I like Barroa as a prospect. He's a solid prospect. I just think he's a reliever. So, what about- for that reason, he's overrated. What about post-Lander Barilla? Overrated? Underrated? Well, the sequel, as we know, is never as good as the original, so... True, true. Yes. All right. I, I, I threw this one in for a, a particular reason. Michael Arroyo, infielder. <laughs> overrated, underrated, properly rated. Again, this is one of those guys, I like, don't really know where he's ranked. He's underrated. He's the next Edgar Martinez. You heard it here second. Um, no. 
So you heard no, actually, a second, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually think he is underrated though. I really I really do like the hit tool. Um mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of fun to watch uh you know the clips that we've seen of him. Um I think I think he can hit. I think he's going to be, you know, kind of the surprise like steal of that of that draft of that international signing class last year. Um whether or not he could stick at third base, I don't know, right? He's still a shortstop I think right now technically, but I think ultimately mm-hmm. he's probably moving to third base. Um, it's it's going to come down to the power with him. Can they extract you know average twenty five home run power for the position? And if they can, I bet he's probably. I, look, he's a long ways away, and a lot can happen. But like, if you ask me, like, what's his ceiling? His absolute ceiling: 270, 280, 25 home runs, average third base defense. Like that, that's a darn good player. So I, I feel like Arroyo is probably a little underrated, to be honest. Isaiah Campbell. Underrated to me. Under. Yeah, I think underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty clear. I think it's pretty clear. A lot of people have written off Isaiah Campbell completely or they've just forgotten about him. Right. mm -hmm. He's kind of been the forgotten man of that 2019 draft class. Dude was really good this past year working out of the bullpen. What a great draft class that was, by the way. Right, um, right. And right. That was what Kirby Williamson Campbell, Campbell with your first three yeah. picks. Oof, yeah, <laughs> I see. Uh, Kirby is you know a, a dark horse Cy Young contender. Williamson was able to net you Jesse Winker and a. Eugenio Suarez with some help, yeah. and Campbell looks like you know a shutdown reliever. Um, I to me. I don't really know how I could justify putting Campbell ahead or behind Perlander Barrow. And I think that's pretty much the consensus, but because I think both are relievers, Campbell's better. He's more consistent. He throws away more strikes. Um, you know, his, his arsenal is just a little bit deeper, which, you know, in relief doesn't matter that much, but we're talking about the, the split change, the slider and the fastball for Campbell. Those are yeah. all legitimate out pitches for him. So um, and you know, he, I think he walked like six guys last year in 40 innings, something like that. He's underrated. He's going to be very good. And I, I, I would bet pretty heavily that he gets some pretty major outs for the Mariners, um, in 2023. Yeah. I think he's going to have a significant impact on this bullpen. He's going to be like that guy, the, the one guy that really comes out of nowhere right. for a lot of people and mm-hmm. becomes a major part of that bullpen by, uh, we, by years in when we do our, like, because inevitably we'll get to this idea, like mm. five dark horse candidates to make the Mariners roster out of spring training. Isaiah Campbell's probably number one or two. Um, yeah. It's just, that's what we're talking about. Uh, pulled up the numbers real fast here. Um, it was 65 innings, uh, walked 18, struck out 79, uh, 179 ERA. Uh, yeah. Campbell, again, just, just different, man. <laughs> He, yeah, he's he is, he's a dude. Yeah, he's a dude, and and I wouldn't be shocked at all if Campbell comes up and he's the you know the third high leverage arm that they need um, at some point. I wouldn't expect it right away, but you know, yeah. kind of like uh, Andres Munoz, you kind of ease him into it, and mm-hmm. you know he gets more comfortable and then lights out. Like that wouldn't shock me. Um, yeah, I wouldn't bet on it, but it wouldn't shock me. At the very least, I think he's going to be Penn Murphy this year. At the very least, like I would say Matt Festa, like sure. Yeah. even a little bit better than, sure. than Murphy. So, yeah. All right. I got a couple more names here that I want to quickly go over. All right. Axel Sanchez. Underrated. Super underrated. 
top 10 easy. Yeah. Jerry DePoto himself has, has said that he's underrated. So mm-hmm. he yeah. has a chance to take that Edwin Arroyo jump uh, this this year. For real. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Uh, Juan Pinto, favorite of yours. <laughs> underrated. Yeah. I, I knew it. I, I already knew he's what a tall left. was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> he's a tall, thin lefty who's adding weight, but already throws 91, 92 with a pretty good curveball. Like, yeah, there, I'm in. There, there you go. Uh, lastly, uh, Starlin Aguilar. I know you have some feelings on him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's a big leaguer personally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's also like, where is he going to play? There's, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of questions about that questions about the bat, all that stuff. So yeah. Right. And by the way, he's a bit overrated. Yeah. The ceiling comp on Aguilar. I don't know if you remember this. People were like, could he be Raphael Devers? Yeah. No. And that's why when you hear like, Oh, Feldman Celestine is, is Francisco Lindor. Like, "Hmm." yeah, let's, Let's pump let's, the brakes there a little let, bit. Like, let's chill out a little bit, folks. Right. And those, <laughs> those are upside comps. Like, they're not what yeah, people yeah. actually think they're, if everything goes right. But, yeah. I, yeah, it's the 100 percentile I, comp. It's like, you right. know, when Kelnick was coming up, it was like Grady Sizemore and all this stuff, you know, Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Um, you know, Julio was like Julio. Um, actually, <laughs> yeah. he hit he hit that comp though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes you do hit the ceiling, but yeah. Again, exception to the rule, <laughs> you know, right, not the right, standard. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if Aguilar makes my top thirty, it's going to be 27, 28, 29, 30, somewhere in that range. So. Yeah, and like you know, he's not overrated. I, I would say, and necessarily in terms of uh, like pipelines rankings, they have him like twenty, I think, or like nineteen it's, or something like that. That's fine. Yeah, it's a bit high for me, but I uh, okay. Like, yeah, it's it's a big year for him, though. That's what I would say. Sure, it's a really big year for him. He's still really young. Still yep. really young. I think he's still nineteen. Soon. So yeah. 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 All right. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Funny enough, we uh, switched things up to Locked On MLB Prospects on today's show. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you on Friday. Peace.